His title is a mouthful, but the Panthers executive director of player finance and football research, Rob Rogers, started here 25 years ago with a one-word title, Temp. Being desktop publishing, I, I figured it was probably something in, in media, PR, something like that. Walk in the first day and find out that it, it was an opportunity with coaching staff. The amazing story of Harvard grad turned intern, turned salary cap expert, Rob Rogers, next on the podcast 25 seasons of panthers football a celebration of the players coaches and other people who have contributed to the organizational success now to mick mixon our podcast with the great rob rogers begins with a humility alert he's um he's got a defense that's even more sophisticated than his offense it may be difficult to get much out of rob rogers but we're going to try anyway with the Panthers' executive director of player finance and football research, a.k.a. Cap Guy. Welcome, Rob. Happy to be here. <laughs> you don't look it. Are we done yet? Not quite. Yeah. Let's go back to uh, to the beginning. How would you start with the Carolina Panthers? Um, actually, I moved, to, uh, I moved to North Carolina, to Charlotte, North Carolina, in January of 95. And at the time, I anticipated that I would, I would be – I was setting up interviews to, with the, in the banking area, and uh, I had anticipated that that would be the route that I would go. I ended up signing up uh, for, while I was doing my job search, thought it would take about two to three months beginning to end from like getting resumes out uh, to finally figuring out you know, if there's a job, uh, uh, getting a job. So to earn some cash uh, during, in the interim, because I was just crashing at my sister's place here in Charlotte, then I signed up for a couple of local temp agencies and was just uh, going to do a random temp jobs to just get, get a feel for the city and just basically get out and about a little bit. One of the first uh, opportunities I had, I was standing at the counter of this particular temp agency when a call came in and they asked if I knew any desktop publishing. Um, and because I happened to be standing there, they asked me. That was what they were looking for. And, and I had done a couple of newsletters in college and, and was familiar with uh, a, a couple of the, uh, uh, the products that were out there at the time. Uh, so I was going like, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I know my way around it a little bit. And uh, I'd always been a PC person. Then they asked, you know, do, are, are, you, are you familiar with the Mac? And I was, you know, was going like, well, how hard? Could that be? So I was like, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm familiar with the Mac. And uh, so uh, they said, okay, well, we've got a two-week job. And so they give me the address. It's in Rock Hill, uh, Rock Hill South Carolina, Winthrop Coliseum. And I, I had an inkling that it had something to do with the Panthers just from the, uh, from the way they were talking about it. But uh, being desktop publishing, I, I figured it was probably something in, in media, PR, something like that walk in the first day and find out that it, it was an opportunity with coaching staff. Uh, Dom Capers had just been hired about two or three weeks earlier. And one of the things that Dom wanted to do, uh, and this was all based on um, when he was a coordinator at the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah, he had an assistant that was there with him named Billy Davis, uh, who had started uh, to put some of their weekly game notes and, and diagrams on computer. And this actually, you know, we're talking 1995, you would think, you know, uh, 
you would think that that was something more widespread at the time, but it wasn't. Coaches were still doing a lot of their playbooks and a lot of their weekly game plans and, and weekly game notes uh, by having them, having them typed up if they were notes and then the diagrams they were doing by hand. So Dom recognized with what Billy was doing for him in Pittsburgh um, and I got to make sure to mention Billy's name. I said, told the story one time before, and he got mad at me because I didn't say the name. But uh, um, Dom, um, but Dom recognized while he was the defensive coordinator at Pittsburgh that allowed them to be much more efficient in what they were doing each week, having a wider variety of, of looks that they could show the players, and also just being able what they could carry over, and then what they could just you know use and then change uh, uh, had a lot more flexibility. So what he decided when he became a head coach was, I want all of my playbooks, and I want everything that we do on a weekly basis to be on computer. And so they they actually had someone that they were planning on hiring, So, but that person couldn't get in until uh, for uh, several weeks. And so they put out a call to just try to basically just hit the ground running and get a, get a head start before uh, that person uh, could come in, hence the two-week temp job. And so uh, I ended up, I, I, sh- I showed up, uh, and they went through everything that they were doing, st- started on that first day. Uh, really, it was an exciting environment. Dom, Dom Caver is one of the best people that I've been around in this business. Uh, he is uh, not only a great coach, but he's a great person as well. And, and I ended up, uh, that same Billy Davis had followed him from the Steelers uh, to the Panthers, as our outside linebackers coach at the time, and I ended up at a table in with a computer set up in the corner of his office, and we actually ended up becoming good friends, still friends to this day. And so we started working on that, and at the end of two weeks, the person that they had hired ended up not being able to take the job. And so two weeks turned into three months. At the end of three months, the temp contract was, was up, and I was – not making any, uh, I'd actually become so engrossed in this, and we were, uh, we were working like crazy long uh, days, seven days a week. Uh, everything that we were doing there in that, that spring of 1995 was creating everything from scratch. Anytime something was needed, we didn't, we either had to, to make it or buy it, and a lot of times it was, it was, it was make it because we were an expansion franchise, had never played a game, and so. Basic, basically, I became so engrossed in that the job search got a, kind of got put on the side. And then at the end of the three months when the, the temp job uh, had, had run its course, uh, I was sitting there one day and uh, Bill Polian, our, uh, who was our original general manager, Mike McCormick, the original president of the organization, both of them came into the office where I was, closed the door behind them, sat down, and they basically – asked if I was interested in an opportunity to, uh, to stay with the Panthers. And at the time, I'm thinking, okay, this is really interesting. I, I can always, you know, go to that other career in a year or two, and then I'll have something to talk about, uh, uh, you, know, uh, 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 you know, for years, for years forward of my year or two of, uh, of spending time and working with a uh, football staff uh, for, uh, uh, for a few years. And so – Accepted the uh, position working with Dom and his staff. Basically, they called it a quality control position, but a lot of times a quality control coach is, also has some coaching-type responsibilities. I actually was more embedded with the coaching staff trying to figure out better ways to do things. 
And I, I always look at it as more of like a business business analyst, business intelligence type thing, where we, for the time that I was working with Dom's staff, we were, you know, working with the playbooks, working on creating some in, in, internal software. I would deal, I would help them with the weekly game plans, production notes. But time goes by, and I used to have a you know run, running joke with uh, with with Dom, uh, with Bill, uh, with Mr. Richardson. That it's probably the longest two-week temp job in the history uh, of the NFL, and the most successful, given that you're an executive director and the salary cap guru I, that you are. I have blinked in 25 years uh, have gone by a lot of different hats along the way, different responsibilities along the way, uh, a lot of great people. Uh, that's uh, that's the one constant, uh, both in this organization and and you know at the league office, and, and uh, had an opportunity. Uh, to see a lot of highs and lows on, on the field, um, uh, the highs are re- really, really thrilling and 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 rewarding. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, that uh, ne- never did get back to those interviews with the, for those banking or consulting jobs. And the Panthers are certainly better for that. So at that I time do. in your life, Rob Rogers, you're I'm guessing less than two years uh, after having graduated from Harvard, where you wrestled. Did you also play football at Harvard? Yeah, I, I I played freshman football and then I played one year of varsity football as, as a sophomore. Um, I was um, um, I was a stalwart of the scout team for that one year, uh, and uh, so so from you know I'm not uh, going to uh, in, inflate it too much. It was basically uh, we were reading the cards and trying to give the uh, give the guys uh, the best look that we could, and uh, we had we had about. You know, five or six of us on the uh, on the offensive line there, who were uh, sophomores and juniors, who uh, did our best uh, to uh, t- try to make it hard on the varsity for the uh, few few practices each week as we prepared. Uh, so, as we bring your story into focus, you're a grocer's son from near Charleston, West Virginia. You've got the wrestling chops, football, and you graduate from Harvard. To what degree, Rob Rogers, do you feel like those things? helped you get uh, not only sustain that internship, but but parlay that into uh, the faith and trust that the organization placed in you? I think you give me a little too much credit on the wrestling front, too, because I I, I did wrestle wrestle at Harvard. I mostly uh, started out my my freshman year practicing with the wrestling team because I knew somebody on the team, and I thought that would be a good way to stay stay in shape for football. I actually, because of injuries, I ended up uh, actually getting a chance to, to represent the, uh, uh, the represent the Crimson, um, and uh, on a, on a few occasions. Uh, but uh, uh, it was kind of the, the same, kind of the same as uh, as with football. I actually did not um, do it my senior year, so I was just kind of on the periphery there. Well, we'll be the judge of that. The more time that goes by, the greater your career in athletics will become at least that's how it works with most of our guests on the podcast i i i, 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 I tend to try to keep it grounded uh and kind of grounded and real um, you're good like that what what kind of of a businessman was your dad and what did you learn from from him growing up alongside a, a grocery man well my, my dad actually uh uh he was um he was in the grocery business and he worked for for most of uh, my youth, he was working for a local chain in West Virginia uh, that he had started out. Uh, he never went to college. He started out 
uh, basically bagging groceries for this chain when he was a teenager and worked his way up that by the time uh, that I was uh, very young, he, wa- he was the chief buyer for the, it was a chain of, I believe it was about eight stores throughout central, uh, central southern West Virginia. Uh, and so, uh, you know, definitely from him, I saw, uh, saw how someone who worked hard took advantage of opportunities and, and, and he, you know, he was a person of integrity. People trust, people knew that he was good for his word and, and trusted him. And, uh, and so spent, you know, seeing that example and seeing how, uh, that even without the college degree that, you know, uh, that, that hard work could pay off, uh, and by just doing things the right way. That's, that, I think that's the basic takeaway there. Uh, he ended up working with a couple of different comp- companies for the second and third act in his career. The eighties were tough, uh, back home in West Virginia. And that chain ended up going, going under, uh, midway through my teenage years, which actually led to one of the, one of the neatest, uh, one of the neatest things uh, from an experience standpoint that I had as a as a young man, uh, it, it was certainly tough that that chain had gone under, and that for for a brief time that my dad was looking around for work, he ended up getting uh, because he was exper- experienced in the grocery business. Uh, he ended up getting a job as a manager at a local grocery store, uh, that my hometown grocery store. And so he was traveling a lot less, and then he he was you know uh, he he was right there down down the street, but that also became my first job, and so I actually had a chance to, I got had a chance to see uh, how people responded to him, and uh, you know he he actually went by um, the name Roy, and a lot of people don't. Uh, Roy Rogers was what people knew knew him as, uh, and so uh, uh, you know. People these days that that, that reference doesn't really uh, resonate as much, but back then, uh, 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 back then it did. Uh, famous with, singing with the cowboy, fame, or right? Famous singing cowboy, but uh, but uh, a couple of the people when I first started working there, the, the, the couple of the guys there would call me Roy Boy, and so. Uh, but it was actually um, uh, it was a proud association. So he actually, uh, actually, after about a year of working together, he actually got an uh, opportunity with a, another uh, national chain where he was going to be their, their rep and, uh, again, back traveling, but uh, it was a good opportunity. So I stayed at that grocery store through high school graduation, um, and, but that was, an, that was a neat experience. My first job was uh, a chance to, uh, to spend more time with my dad and, and to see him in action. What are some of your early memories from the the wild wild uh, wild, wild west days of Carolina Panther football, Rob? Uh, it's, uh, I mean, wild wild west. I, I mean, the Hall of Fame game, uh, the the first game, first game ever. Only my second NFL game that I'd ever been been to. I was in the in the coaching booth with our with our staff, uh, helping them track stuff, and so that was. That was just a kind of a really strange experience and everything. Plus, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame game being up there, uh, you know, in Canton uh, with the the field and everything. It's kind of a kind of a, a different type of experience for an NFL game, and so that was pretty neat. Uh, us against Jacksonville, you know, two expansion teams, 
Um, I figure since you know things weren't difficult enough being expansion teams, they decided that year to let us play 21 games instead of, uh, and for us, 21 road games uh, instead of uh, instead of 20. But uh, that was neat. Um, the the first win against the Jets, uh, Sam Sam Mills, you know, get with with, with the pick six, and uh, that that was. Uh, uh, that was phenomenal. The four-game win streak that year, which was, you know, crazy. Uh, um, uh, going out and, you know, I believe we beat New England in New England, beat San Francisco in San Francisco. Uh, uh, edit that out if I'm wrong, uh, <laughs> if my memory's fuzzy. But uh, but no, it's just uh, uh, just uh, it was. It was thrilling and it was exciting. We were, we were, as I said earlier, we were making a lot of it up as we went along, which, uh, uh, which was uh, very much. Uh, uh, it kept things interesting on, you know, from day to day. Final topic for Rob Rogers on our podcast. We're talking with the Panthers' executive director of player finance and football research, aka Cap Guy. The salary cap is a complex, almost a living organism. It changes, it's nuanced, and its, um, its concepts can be elusive. How did your mastery of the salary cap begin? Um, it began – I had spent the first four years working with Dom and his staff, as I said before, um, when, when Dom – uh, was uh, was replaced after the '98 season, and George Seifert came in. Uh, Marty Herney uh, was taking over as our director of football operations, uh, who would basically uh, George would basically be the, the the person who's making things work for George and so forth. He also had a background uh, from from his days with the Chargers in contract negotiation, salary cap management. Very well respected for that uh, around the league. He had been there at the beginning with the salary cap uh, when it was first put in place in the in the early nineties. Uh, so he and I, uh, he had actually been there during the ninety eight season. Uh, so uh, w- because he had come in as our contract negotiator, uh, negotiator, for, and when the ninety nine season rolled around, it was Georgia's first year. Uh, he asked uh, at the end of that ninety eight season. Uh, if I wanted to move move over and start working in the front office rather than uh, uh, rather than uh, uh, stay with the coaching staff, and so it it, it opened the door to uh, a different challenge, a different experience, and so I started working with Marty in '99, and uh, you know learning the salary cap, learning about player negotiations. Uh, continued to uh, dabble in some of the other stuff a little bit uh, with the uh, uh, with interacting with the IT department on some of the things that we were developing and and working on on the football side, but the salary cap stuff became more of a primary thing as each year went by. Uh, began to get more and more involved in the contract negotiations. Uh, you know, some starting with low hanging fruit. Um, I actually. Uh, uh, you know, there's a player, a seventh-round pick in 1999 um, that I actually remember, like, standing at a payphone on my honeymoon in London uh, call, calling the agent, uh, you know, to because he had left a message and I was, you know, in, in the middle of talks, and that was my first, you know, first draft deal that I did. And so, uh, so that uh, 
Uh, but uh, as the, by the time we got to 2002, uh, when um, when John Fox was hired, Marty became the general manager. Uh, around that time frame, I started moving more into the primary role of, of negotiating contracts, still working with Marty through uh, through the years of uh, managing the cap uh, and player finance and uh, negotiating contracts. So it, it, it wasn't like it happened overnight. Um, first off, I had someone to learn from who really understood all the nuances of it. Um, and then from, from there, it was just about building. A lot of this is about building relationships, building relationships in, uh, with agents, uh, building relationships uh, internally, um, and uh, getting, getting ourselves to the point where, or getting yourself to the point where um, you, have, you have a good process in place in order to be able to get, get us to the right place uh, with each contract, because each one takes on a kind of a life of its own. Does your calm, even disposition, as well as your intellect, help you deal with these crazy agents? Oh, calm, even disposition. You you don't think I'm like a, a screamer and yeller and or anything? I, mean, I could I do not, but I could mis be misreading it. I I I've always, and, and that may be something I inherited from my dad too. Uh, is, is that I've I've always been uh, more more calm and and even keeled. Um, I don't know if it's a help or a hindrance. Uh, it's just me. Uh, and uh, I, I'll say this. I, I, I think that just like any facet of life, I've had people ask me, you know, what's it like dealing with agents, blah, blah, blah. And, and I think just like any facet of life, there, there's a whole range of people that you meet and a whole range of people that you're dealing with that run the gamut from uh, boy, this is a really good guy. Like, to, you know, just sitting sometimes talking on the phone and, some of these guys I've talked to for two decades now, and so I know about different points in their lives, and you know, the conversations about kids will come up. Uh, good, you know, good times, bad times. Uh, I've I've I have had different conversations about that, and and so there there are guys, people like that that uh, you you develop uh, relationships with. You get to know them. You think that they're good good guys, um, and then there's some people that are a little little more uh, nettlesome uh, or uh, a little more uh, uh, prickly if you if you will uh, but uh, but uh, I think that range is there in anything that you're dealing with in life and uh, and so I, I, I there's no cookie cutter there's no stamp uh, you know from that standpoint you've been listening to one of the most elusive guests that we've ever gotten on the podcast bluefin tuna have been uh, gotten onto the boat with less effort than it took to get Rob Rogers up here into the studio. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your contributions to the Carolina Panthers. We'll continue our historical perspective of the first quarter century of Panther football next time right here on the podcast.